You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Welcome to Quantum Leap Book Club. During the next hour, beloved mind scientist Parisha and her guests from around the world will read and discuss various best-selling books with well-known authors. Every show will apply retention techniques designed to help you to absorb powerful knowledge to effectively change your life. Join us every week for a thought-provoking hour and re-listen as often as you can. You will be delighted by what you learn and you will be excited by the results. Are you ready to take the quantum leap? Here's Parisha. This is Quantum Leap Book Club. Our regular host, Parisha, will not be joining us tonight she's, as she's traveling and teaching, so her co-host will cover tonight's material. We have Geraldine Dalby-Bowl, otherwise known as Alloway, from Sydney, Australia. We have Trina Cooper from Denver, Colorado, Dr. Joyce Mullenhauer from Kingman, Arizona, myself, Marianne Love from Melbourne, Australia, and we have Rosemary Heyer from Frankfurt, Germany, and Steve Jones from Kingman, Arizona. And this week we're covering Barry Goldstein's The Secret Language of the Heart, How to Use Music and Sound and Vibration as Tools for Healing and Personal Transformation. And we'll be discussing pages 3 to 15 tonight, Chapter 1, and we're broadcasting through Law of Attraction Network Radio. So let's begin. And so far I've found this book fantastic. I've never really, as a psychologist, I've never really considered or made myself really an expert is a better way to say it, in how music can be a divine transformation of our being, of our health, wealth and happiness and Barry's put this together in such a beautiful way that we can all have access to the power of music as a tool for healing. Um, So I'm looking forward to listening to what my co-hosts have to say today. Um, But I think for me, some of the things that really stood out is how he discussed um, that really through the breath, the heartbeat, and just by simply using a sigh that we have access to an avenue to resolve stress, to communicate with our hearts, to hear our inner wisdom, to um, allow that guidance um, from our inner soul to navigate life stresses and our decisions and the process of, I guess, living fully connected to health, wealth and happiness. And he's given some, you know, a very powerful tool in here that we can all do at any time. So, I just think one of the things that I really enjoyed was thinking about music as a transformation and the fact that we have music within even our own heartbeat. And I know I don't know what you guys thought about that, but I thought, you know, it's something we can all do in any moment, um, in any time of stress. So how powerful is that? Like we have a tool that we've always got access to. Um, so there's no excuse for feeling grumpy and unhappy, really, is there? Um, no excuse. So so I hope you're all very happy today. So I'd love to hear from Joyce. What do you have? What did you get out of this, Joyce? Well, I got a lot out of it. Uh, start with, I've never really had music as a big part of my life because I took the conclusion years ago that I was not musical. So this book has definitely expanded a whole lot for me. And this particular chapter definitely does because, and he says at the end of it, he will be going on into introducing us to using music outside of ourselves. But this chapter 
talks about the the, the music inside ourselves. And I, I'm sure there's other people besides me that never really thought that the heartbeat and the breath and our size, actually, we create music and we have impact as we do that. There were some of his phrases that really caught me. He, he spoke in the introduction about inspiration creating inspiration. Well, yes, when you think about it, it this is an expanding process. You get inspired about something, you start learning about it, and you get more inspired. So I think that part's pretty exciting. And he recommends incorporating music into your life with, and Marianne's already spoken of this. This is a way to experience transformation. And he, he gives a, the interesting example of being very stressed one day when he was going on a 10 minute walk to the recording place where he did his recording. And in 10 minutes, he lost all the effect that he had gained from meditation because of the stresses that he was up against in that 10 minute period. So I think we can all identify with this, that we think we've got ourselves into a balanced place, but then we deal with something that we consider difficult and we react to it. So he is giving us, in this chapter, he gives three about five different practices and none of them are difficult. And they are ones that you can do in just a few minutes once you master them. I love the fact that he brings nature into it. He actually, one, you're standing on a mountain with the expanded starlit sky above you. And then he leads you into bringing the breath from above. Another one, you're standing on the earth and you're bringing the breath in through your feet and having the benefit of it coming to the heart and the benefit. And the third one, he speaks of the, the process that the Heart Math Institute encourages all to do is to breathe into your heart and breathe out to your heart. So all of these exercises and practices are just extremely practical, simple, don't take a lot of time. And it's just a matter of starting to get to a point, and I think more of us are doing this, of taking the responsibility of what how our body is functioning, not just assuming that it is going to carry on doing what we want it to do. We want it to do these days, most of us have reached the point, we want our bodies to do more than what they've done before. We want to reach the point of getting the most perfect um, functioning and experience in life because life is so precious and it is just moment to moment experience, that is for sure. So what what impacted me the most, if I could say it just in a short couple of, of sentences, is that how much I have left my body to do its own thing. And this book opens up my awareness that not only do I have a role and a, a very powerful role, I have a responsibility if I want to live health, wealth, and happiness. So that's pretty much the and a kernel of uh, what I have gained so far in this book. Thanks, Joyce. It sounds like more than a kernel. Um, powerful. 
Trina, what do you have to share? What did you get out of it? Yeah, like Joyce, I'm loving this book. And like you, I'm loving this book. Um, I forgot how much I loved music. And I've been listening, actually listening to Barry Goldstein's music as I've been reading. And it's so powerful just in working with it and stuff. He starts out in chapter one right off the bat on page three saying that music and sound and vibration are powerful tools. And I truly, truly, truly believe that. And one of the reasons is because it does shift our emotion. If it didn't, then they wouldn't use like mood music in movies and in restaurants and things like that. It totally shifts us. It totally changes the way we react and what our emotions are. And the cool thing is, even though our negative emotions can impact our body, positive emotions can impact our body. And we can use music or the rhythm inside of us to completely shift our emotions into a more positive, balanced state. And when we do that, we actually, he says in here, it's like, you're not just finding a cure, but you're finding like a healthy pattern, a healthy balance, a, a healthy lifestyle. So again, he gives us these um, examples and he talks about the four bodies, which are the physical, the emotional, the mental, and the spiritual. Now I've talked about it before, where if one of those is out of whack, it whacks out everything. If you're in a lot of pain, you don't feel good. Your mind can't think you don't feel connected to anything. That's just an example. So he gives his example of the stress and the lack of focus and the pain he starts feeling in his body. And he says, what happens if we never manage this? What happens if we do a meditation and then it gets bumped out of whack or, you know, our balance gets bumped out of whack and we never manage it. It's really difficult. So again, moving this into a more powerful thing. Now on page seven, he starts talking about or on page five, he starts talking about the tool using the heart, the breath, and a sigh as tools to bring us back into balance. And I've used the heart and the breath a lot in things that I've worked with, but I didn't think about the sigh. I had forgotten about the sigh. And this is another piece of our internal music. Each of us has a unique heartbeat. We have a unique breath. We have a new unique sigh and our rhythms communicate with us with our bodies they're the foundation of our health and everything that we do in our life so he goes into the sacred heart and says it's like a drum and music that it's the foundation and we can tell a lot by the way our heart's beating if it's really really fast and we're panicking if it's really slow and smooth we're kind of in balance we can listen and tell what's going on with our heart. It speaks to us all the time if we listen to the rhythm of it. He also talks about the breath and the power of the heart, that the breathing is divine. It's a connection to our life force and the power of the sigh and allowing it. He says that's our soul. That's our soul sound, releasing that. And I found when I was practicing some of the exercises he has in here, I kind of struggled with the sigh. I was like, oh, I lost my sound. And so I began working with that again, is beginning to get into that sigh and just letting the tension release and drain out of me. 
So he gives us quite a few exercises in this chapter, which are fabulous. Um, and he encourages us. So I encourage you to get the book, but encourages us to use these um, in a, like a daily music practice, in a daily practice when we feel ourselves getting out of balance, using the heartbeat, listening to the heartbeat, using the rhythm of the breath, and using the sigh to relax ourselves. Because we have a unique heart code. We have a unique connection with who we are. And so if we use these techniques to manage stress, calm the body, this can be like, he actually says it in the book, the most simple, important, powerful tool at our grasp anytime we need it. These are, these are using our own sounds for transformation. And I just want to close with, um, he's, there's a quote in here. He says, our heartbeat, breath, and sigh are one, our umbilical cord to nourishing a deeper spiritual connection. So he suggests you don't have to use music. You can learn to connect anytime to your own rhythm wherever you are and use this as a powerful transformation tool. And that's what I wanted to share today. Thank you very much, Trina. That was great. And what did you want to share, Eloy? The key, the key part of it is this reminder that your heart's always there and talking to you. So the chapter really leads us through that by saying, number one, recall that the music is within us. And it's a beautiful way to start the book. The music's within us and it is healing. It can be healing by creating positive vibes, as you might say, and a vi just saying positive vibes, but vibe is a vibration and the vibration is then influencing the energy. So it's sharing with us that as we can have music that helps us switch our vibe or our feeling, then we are changing our internal conditions. And that healing is a return to that natural state of wholeness. So it's about balance. And as Trina mentioned, the four bodies, balance in physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional parts of the body. So when we shift to gratitude, and we can shift to gratitude through our breath, just take that breath, take that moment, have a look, find something to feel grateful for, combining that with a clear clearness in your heart and your mind then beautiful outcomes happen because we change our vibe and where he says that music is is the internal music as it's been mentioned the heart breath and the sigh and the sigh is being described as the the soul sound and in that sacred heartbeat that inner rhythm the sound connects each of us to each other and it's what connects us all to the universe and i recall a time uh when I was doing chemistry and just thinking about everything being atoms and all different atoms and realizing I had atoms, outside of me has atoms, and there's not actually a wall. It's a continuum. And sound and, and vibration moves between all of that. So there isn't something that bounds sound and says you start here and you stop there. And this um, reminder that when we look at a lot of things, people say it's separateness that is causing pain and suffering. Well, sound connects us. Sound, he's got a section which is sound and the, the sacred heart process. And our heart is constantly speaking to us. And they say it's a, a secret language, but it's a language that it's just for us. So every one of us has a heart that is talking to us. So all we've got to do is start listening to the heart. And that partly is building that intimate relationship. 
And part of that relationship is through the section that he has divine breathing and the power of a sigh. With the heart being the drummer, it's creating that rhythm and the breath being the conductor. So here we have our own complete orchestra within us with the rhythm and the conducting. As we change our breath, we can change our heartbeat. There's breathing exercises, which is really useful. This chapter, that's why you've got to have the book. This chapter is just filled with things to do. It's a doing this book. There's information about how we hold, how we take it to different parts of our body that may be in stress, how we release with a sigh. So those exercises allow us to go through our whole body and release. Again, release through sound and it's vibration. So it's actually having effect. And through that process of becoming more intimate with our heart, we're also finding our unique heart code. We understand, we've heard a lot that we have a unique fingerprint. We also have a unique heart pattern. And again, this is scientific, they'll say, that's the particular heart pattern of that person. And I've heard when they've done heart transplants that there's been some interesting observations about one's, you know, whose heart pattern is it in the person now. It gives you that deeper understanding of the relationship with your heart and your heart is inviting you to shed the illusion of yourself and become more authentic because the heart is that pattern of who you are. So it's letting you know who you are. All we've got to do is listen and apply. Uh, with that, there's the heart song process. So again, this is that getting deeper in touch with the heart. And for that, he's also given three tools of transformation. Um, the heart song process itself is a physical one where you actually use your body. You have your hands on your heart and you're lifting up and out and expanding and coming back to the heart, there's three steps in it. And I strongly recommend having the book and doing this. I've been doing some and it's um, it's so interesting what a small amount of focused effort does in terms of shifting your feeling. So have a look at the heart song process. And at the, right at the end of the chapter, he gives us more tools for the sound transformation, which let us know more about how do we listen how do we commit and how do we review and repeat so this becomes natural? And there's no suggested music in this chapter, as there are in others, because the suggested music is that we start to listen to our heart and build more that relationship. Very good. Very thorough, Eloi. Wonderful. Rosemary, what did you get out of this chapter? Yes, it's a really exciting chapter and I like how he how he explains how much music can heal us and how the heart plays a major role in it. And um, uh, I feel that, that he makes it very clear that if you do the heart song process, which has been mentioned before, for 30 days on a daily basis, you can transform yourself. And not only you can do that, you can also develop a real relationship with your heart. And that causes you to be in contact with intuition. And I like his definition about intuition. It is really the wisdom and intelligence beyond the thinking mind. And when you get in touch with your intuition, your life is going to be easier. You have more positive emotions. You feel guided. You are connected to the greater uh, understanding of the universe. And so when you do these exercises on page 10, especially the heart song process, on a daily basis, you can get reach your intuition. And he also, he said, once you do that, once you have a relationship with your heart, you can understand the deeper meaning of music. 
he makes it very clear in the chapter a few times that music is not just entertainment or a song. He broadens the perspective that music is so much more. And when we do these exercises and then connect with our heart, which has a language of music, which connects to the language of music, we can actually have a deeper understanding of music in general. Then he also points out, and I really like that part where he speaks about the shared emotional field, and he has this beautiful story. He says it's not enough just the music, and it really opens up my eyes. It's not a much, a much about the music. It's really about uh, also what you put into the music, the intention, the love. And um, that it really explains to me <laughs> why there are 50 versions of the air from Bach or Mozart violin concertos, why everybody plays and everybody listens to the different players. Why do they do that? Because they have a different intention. They put something else into the music. And he calls that the shared emotional feel. And I think that's really exciting because uh, you can actually organize a shared emotional field with your intention. And um, that goes much beyond listening just to the notes of the music. And that's why his hard codes are so uh, uh, effective. The CD hard codes, people can actually connect to that shared emotional field because he put love in it. And he was a co-creator when he created that. And that's what I want to share for right now. Thank you. Fantastic. And I think we've got Steve on the line as well. What did you get out of it, Steve? Yeah, I got some of the, the, the important parts to me were some of the things that, uh, that Rosemary uh, talked about with the intuition. And when you, you see what he's asking us to do and, and listening to your, your breath and your heartbeat, um, I mean, we've talked before about being present. So what better way to be present than to talk to and to get in touch with your heart where the the messages from the heart are given to the brain. So that's really your center. So getting into and listening to your heart, I mean, it's, it's great instructions. Um, obviously, it helps the, the three levels of the body, the mind and the spirit in being able to relax and just just getting that that intuitive unspoken directives and information when you're in when you're listening to that listening to your heart and your sigh as you release what needs to happen it's a it's a uh, a powerful a powerful method that i i've um been using uh and i'm finding it has uh with with the sigh um, I, I forget who it was that said, I think it might have been Trina saying I, I'd lost, that she'd lost her voice or something. I found the same kind of thing that when I started sighing, um, I, I, it was almost strange to me because I, I guess I had, uh, you know, stopped myself from sighing, making those sounds. But getting in touch with those sounds of myself and letting it go was, uh, was a great experience as well. That's, that's pretty much what I got out of this just really getting in touch with the heart and uh and the relaxation was was powerful very good well i think it'd be great now to open up the lines and um just hear from all of you more personally about um some sharings and you know how you've integrated this into your lives um i know our listeners would be keen to understand how we're applying it and and just i guess the benefits of it but are there any other thoughts that um, anybody's had after 
listening to each other and reading the book, reading the first chapter? Uh, yep. Gail, away. <laughs> um, a key a key part of it has been because it's about music, I've I have gone to Spotify and I've found Barry Goldstein's music and I've been listening to it and just keeping it on constantly, like in the background for a while. And while this chapter's on our inner music, what I did find is my breathing would change and I felt more relaxed while listening to the music while working. So I had it on while I was working. And then when it wasn't on, it still reminded me. So there was still the memory there to be aware of how I was breathing and how my heart was going. So it sort of opened a doorway to then watch the breath and the thoughts. So, de yeah, definitely an outcome is I've, I went and bought a speaker and I used to just listen to things on my phone and that was enough. But I've realised that having music like fill a space is also different and it respected the music more and actually put it on and put it in a place rather than just in the phone. So just that little change has changed the relationship with the music and sound. Yeah, that makes sense. Like I know myself, I kind of, I enjoy silence. Like I'm quite an introvert, so I love like getting rejuvenated by silence. But at the same time, just listening to music, like it's like a pill. It's like a drug in some ways. It it causes an effect. Um, and it makes sense when you think of the vibration of music and the intention behind the person that created it, but also the intention be behind yourself as you listen to it, how much that can just simply change your state of being how quickly like in a second so it's sort of interesting like we have access to this at all times and um yeah we have we're able just to listen both to our internal music and external music um i can see rosemary's got your hand up what is what did what did you want to add yeah when geraldine shared that her she noticed how her breath was changing that reminds me on what he shares about uh, the heart is very relaxed uh, by 60 to 70 beats per minute and that it is able to actually adapt to external rhythms and it's called actually entrainment and what happens is for example when we dance you know we listen to the music and we dance our breath is also changing and all that happens unconsciously and so the heart has the ability to adapt to an external rhythm unconsciously and changes our breathing, changes our state of being, our nervous system, everything. And I really like the idea that that 60 beats per minute he puts in the music often. And there's actually some music he recommends uh, on page 24, 25. There is some music where you can actually hear that if you really listen to it, uh, the 60 beats per minute. And the heart takes that on. So imagine you are on 170 per minute and you listen to that music. You can actually go down on that level and relax and change your breathing unconsciously and changes everything in your body. Thank you. Mm. What did you mean by 170 per minute, Rosemary? Well, uh, I, I'm just making it up. If you're really stressed out, maybe your heart beats 170 a minute and you're listening uh, to that music he uses on a base of 60 beats per minute, you, your heart automatically goes down and relaxes. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Trina, what did you want to add? you got to come off mute, love. I know. It didn't unmute when I thought it was unmuting. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to talk a little bit more about that heart song breathing process too and when he talks about this there's like three 
breaths that are involved with this. Um, one of them, you're really breathing up from the earth, from the mother, and coming up <clears throat> all the way through your feet, your legs, through your torso to your heart, and then coming out your heart. And this really helps you ground in, connect to the mother. Um, it's very nurturing. It helps us relieve the stress that's in the lower part of the body. The second breath he's talking about is when you extend your arms up overhead and you breathe in through the top of your head and you breathe all the way down through your arms and your head all the way to your heart and breathe out through the heart. And this again opens up everything and relaxes everything in the upper part of the body, which helps open up your channels to intuition and things like that. And then the final one is that the third breath, you put your hands on your heart and you literally breathe in and out of your heart. So you're like bringing yourself to center. And what's really amazing is that the connection to the above, which we know in native teachings, the above Father Sky, the teachings to that below, in um, many times it's in all the different cardinal directions, bringing the energies into us because we recognize ourselves as these energies. And then letting that energy like just radiate in the center of the heart is amazingly powerful. And when you think about Eastern traditions and some of the practices they have, so much of it is centered on the breath. It's centered on focusing within and drawing your power and your strength from that place. So very and comes right out of the box in this very first chapter, inviting us to really get in touch with how we can become that powerful person that we are simply by listening to the heart, breathing, and sighing to let this our song out. So I think it's an amazingly powerful book. And again, the exercises, like Eloy said, this is a doing book. And even just doing these exercises for the very first time is going to have an impact on you. So it's really incredible, in my opinion. Yeah. I thought what I'd do is um, record the process. So I've written up the script. I put it on our blog um, for anyone that wants to go have a look at it. But I thought I'd just record it to myself and then play it to myself like a guided visualization. I don't know if any of you guys have already done that, but I thought I would uh, do that. Um, this week but I had one confusion because in the book under the breath one he talks about putting your hand on your heart but the image shows you putting your hands in a v-shape towards the earth I don't know if any of you noticed that or if I've got something wrong so maybe if I've got this wrong somebody else and the our listeners will also be confused about it um, but I don't did any of you guys pick that up or can you clarify for me um I'm assuming the written instruction is the one to go with to put your hand on your heart as you're breathing in and focusing on the earth, um, visualising your feet planted and being united with the earth and feeling safe and supported. Like I think with this process, the intention that you hold as you're doing it is as powerful as the doing, the breathing um, and the arm movement and the sighing, I think the intention is as powerful as anything in it. 
um, and holding the visualization as a part of it as well. Like, but he really intends with us that we gain more clarity, like we're connecting to our hearts and the sacredness of us and that we gain clarity and that we feel the blessing of being alive, like, you know, connecting to the earth, the sky, mass, you know, combining masculine, feminine, like all those aspects of a whole journey, really, he's taking us on. I see you put your hand up, Joyce. Um, you might need to unmute. Yes, I'd, I'd like to respond about uh, putting your hands on your heart. Uh, with the Heart Math Institute, they definitely are talking about where the heart is located. So I, I would think the reader can make a choice, but it makes more logical sense that you would put your hands over your heart because it's a loving um, act. And then he describes in the book, uh, do it in a way that you're, no, over your, actually over your heart, your, where your heart's located. That it's, it's like you're holding a child in a loving way. You're holding your heart in a loving way. So again, I think it's up to the reader whether they feel having it central in their body is their heart. But I'd mm -hmm. like to share a little bit more about the side because I also wanted to get more in touch with what do I actually sigh and what is a sigh? So I listened to some recordings of sighs and the only sound that they actually described is almost like a H-A sound, ha, but you're breathing out. So that was a, a little bit of a, a definite, the specific, but the things that the sigh accomplished just absolutely blew me away in the research I did, that it actually opens up the alveoli, those tiny little sacs in our lungs that receive the oxygen and then close or, or constrict again and send carbon dioxide back. It helps to reinflate the alveoli. So they suggested in this little research that Doing it every five minutes would be great. Well, I don't think that's too practical, but it just emphasized the value of it, that it's actually part of survival. And if someone's in a really serious situation, the two breaths in, and he, they call it a, a double intake, that you take a breath and then you take another quick breath on top of that breath, and then you sigh. And that's kind of the procedure that they recommend. So that was really a practical um, piece of information. So the sigh is definitely important. The, the heartbeat and the breathing, I think most of us have really explored to some degree, but I don't know that sigh has been. And it's actually misinterpreted lots of times that people think that it's boredom. Let's say in a conversation, someone sighs, well, it's easy to be offended, you think, <laughs> They're not interested in what you're saying. Or um, dogs sigh in their sleep. So apparently we also do that in our sleep. When the body needs more oxygen, we sigh. So that's just a really interesting piece of why he is emphasizing that you want to breathe, you want to have your heart beating, but you want to make use of the sigh. Yeah, I was just thinking that, Joyce. Like, if, if I started sighing right now, would you think I'm being rude and making a statement about you and what you're saying? 
Or would I just be releasing energy and like relaxing into what you're saying? I'm sure most people would interpret the former. <laughs> um, Make sure that people know I'm going to have a big sigh and it has nothing to do with you. I'm getting my alveoli <laughs> to open up. <laughs> yeah. Trina, what did you want to share? Um, yeah, I'm kind of a, a, I'm glad you brought that question up about the hands on the heart, though, for step one, because um, I know I read it and I did it. And then I think the reason this would be my opinion be, it's because it's helping you locate it. And since we're doing some movements through the body with the breath, I think I believe it really helps us locate like, where to breathe into and where to breathe out of. And once we've done it a couple times, then we sort of have that place in mind, we already have that locational there. So um, I do believe that that could be part of it. And then to comment on what Joyce said about the sound of the, ah, um, in many traditions, in many of the people who do s teach like sound therapy and stuff, the sound, ah, or ha, is related to the heart. And uh, most of the time when we do just take a deep breath and go, ah, it does kind of come out in, in a sigh as a, ah, <laughs> Um, but but there are different tones when you're using toning sounds that will relate to different energy centers, different chakras in the body. And the ah or ha is the one that relates to the heart. So it makes total sense to me that that would be a sound that would come out when we do that sigh. You make sighing sound very attractive, Trina. I don't think I'd be offended by your sighs. <laughs> I think I might be complimented. Um, well, we do, it... do we do that? Aha! We kind of uh, use the same thing when you know the light bulb goes off, but like when our heart opens, it's like aha, you know. And it, and so there is something around the heart with that, and I'm loving that he's bringing that attention to it right off the bat. Yes, and I guess you could sigh with a bit of joy in your heart, couldn't you? So, who else would like to share? This is LOA again. I wanted to mention one of the other exercises. See, we've we've um, talked about the heart song breathing process. The one on page nine as well, because it relates to the sigh. And I must say, my my sighs don't, didn't sound as melodious as Trina's, <laughs> um, but that it reminded me of when I was a young child and got taught when I couldn't sleep to. Um, squeeze part of the like start at the toes squeeze them up and release them and in this exercise it does say hold the breath for a moment and then release with the audible sigh and I noticed my first audible sigh was a little squeak it's like and I think again it's that social conditioning it's like that's rude don't do it so it's like ah, <laughs> that's, that's not a sigh but then as it goes through the body it's about squeeze that part of the body that's feeling tension and sigh, you know, oh, let it all out. And that becomes more of a fun process. And it really added to that that one that probably many people know of the squeeze the muscles and relax. Squeeze, relax, and now bring sound and vibration to it. So, yeah, I wanted to share that if, you, if anyone's used to doing the squeeze and relax, add the sigh, a good sigh. Mm. 
And the other um, thing I was looking at, when I first did put your hands on your heart, I put my hands in the centre, just out of habit, I think, just because we're all taught the heart's in the centre of the body. Um, and you just go to the, the chakra in the centre. But it's actually, when he says hands on your heart, it's actually to the left, right? Like so I'm assuming we're going a bit to the left. We're not actually right in the centre when we put our hands on our heart. I don't know. Do What do you, what do you guys think? Are we going centre or left? Left. We're going left, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Good. Um, I, you know, I just wanted to reiterate the point of how powerful this is for communication with the heart. And imagine life. I don't think I'd have any clients, honestly, if people spent time every day listening to their own inner wisdom and the communication from their own heart. I feel like that process itself would clear up would bring clarity, would clear up old programs that don't belong to you. It would be a guide that tells you the truth of your reality. It would guide your purpose, your passion, your interests, like just the process of listening to your own heart. Like I think often people don't trust. They listen to the programming in their brain passed down from generations and experiences rather than trusting the innate intelligence is in the heart, more neurons in the heart than the brain and that they have access and we all have access to that at any time. So then the whole step is the connection, like knowing that that that, that exists but then connecting to it and having your own experience. Um, but it's a powerful transformer actually um, and powerful way to connect to health, wealth and happiness. Who else would like to share? We've got a few more minutes here. I'd like to uh, get back, go back to that fascinating shared emotional field because uh, there's more to it. And I want to share about that. I thought that was really an eye opener for me. I never heard about that before. So he shares about that he was working on the heart codes. And I don't want to go into the process right now, which is fascinating, too. It's on page 22 how he makes music, very fascinating. But anyway, while he was working on that, his wife knocked on the door and said, can you please lower the volume? Because I cannot really work. I'm getting, I'm getting too relaxed. So the music spread out in the house and, and it reached her, which was an interesting point. So he put on his headphones so she couldn't hear it anymore. A few minutes later, she knocked on the door again and said, can you please stop that? Because it's, I'm still so relaxed, I can hardly work. So what happened? And he explaining that there was an emotional field he created or he and the creator created, which was touching her through the house and touching her and making her feel really relaxed. And so there was more to it than just the hearing the musical tones and the music he played and the frequencies and all that he created. But there was actually an emotional feel and that was caused by his intention to put love in it. That was the main ingredient, so he sp speaks. And he speaks about uh, the, the matzo ball soup of grandma. And I thought about the matzo ball soup of grandma, the parish she made for sometimes. And we all know how wonderful it was because the main ingredient was love. And that's what he says also. He speaks about that, that grandpa made maybe a wonderful meatball and we all loved it because his main ingredient was love. So... His attention, intention aligned with the positive emotion created this shared emotional field. And that's what I think is happening also in a live concert. When you go to, especially to a classical concert, uh, the audience, everybody shares this emotional field. 
And it's caused by the intention of the musician, not just by his technique and his music, but really by the intention of the musician and I think also of the audience. So I find that fascinating. That is fascinating. Um, and I think you're giving us a little prelude to next week, are you? Like a little teaser <clears throat> to get people interested in Chapter 2? Because I think we're just, just to confuse, not to confuse people, we're working on Chapter one today, but Rosemary's given us a really good insight into what's to come. And it's so true that um, intention is everything, really, at the end of the day. No matter what you're doing, intention is um, the key aspect of of all creation, uh, including, you know, how we develop ourselves. And, and he, I think in the way he describes the heart song process, it's, it's not subtle, but it kind of is subtle. It's like the breath is the main uh, event, but I actually think the intention is as important as the breath. Um, so when I wrote it out, I actually wrote out the intention to hold on its own as a part of the process that I'm going to do when I um, do the um, recording of this heart song process because holding that focus the whole time I think is really important. Um, and what else is people got out of it any other thoughts or comments i have a comment mm. I, because of my interest in helping people make different choices than uh, medications i love the fact that he lists very clearly at the end of this chapter that by doing the exercises and the practices and you don't have to do all of them if we did even one of them every single day several times we would benefit so what does happen when we work with our heart and work with our breath and work with our sigh is that our heart rate slows. And that means that we have a more functional heart rate. We have a lower blood pressure. And, and he discusses in this chapter why people's blood pressure goes up because of, of not having a proper um, functioning of the heart and because we inter interfere with the functioning. And it increases circulation through your whole body. It aids your digestion. It strengthens your immune system. And best of all, to me, it improves your cognition and diminishes anxiety, depression, and irritability. So any of us that find ourselves being irritable, it's not a good experience to be irritable about anything. So that all by itself in that list would be worthwhile to spend a few minutes more than once a day making sure that you're breathing and have your heart beating right and sighing. Yeah, it'd be a good process to do when somebody else is irritable around us, wouldn't it? Like when they're just being their grumpy old selves, like we can just focus on our own breaths and our own heart, uh, our own intention, like go within um, and not absorb their vibration. In fact, if we hold a stronger vibration, like all that research on the DNA in a vat of cells, other DNA that are all vibrating, electrons, maybe, all are vibrating at different um, frequencies, then that one strong electron then influences everything to vibrate to it. So just this process itself, if we get really, really familiar with it, um, become make it become second nature then we can use it pretty much everywhere because no one will know that where your focus is simply on your breath 
I mean, they might notice it if you've got your hands in the air in a star-shaped pattern uh, and sighing loudly, but I guess we could do this a little bit more subtly <laughs> when we're hanging out with our friends and our family. <clears throat> I mean, go for it if you really want to do the star thing and, um, and start sighing loudly amongst the family. It might really break up whoever's being negative. It might really <laughs> get them off guard enough to shift it, but probably not necessary. But, yeah. We're powerful, aren't we? I wonder how our lives would be different if we did communicate with our hearts regularly, if we started the day and ended the day, if we asked through the day, like how would, I mean, it's just something to journal on maybe, how would your life be different if you just trusted you, trusted your heart as just you as the source of intelligence, geniuses that everyone is? I think that's that's a really good question and one to journal. And I feel journaling itself is the heart. It's sort of like the the mental programs move aside for a moment and it's almost like the heart comes up through your arm and out your hand and into your pen and uh, some beautiful things can come out and some heavy things can come out that end beautifully. And I feel that's that's probably the heart speaking as well. And it reminds me of what Grandmother Parisha frequently says is to ask oneself, who's talking and you touched on that earlier as well about whether it's the programs from the brain or is it the heart and as we've had shared with us both through grandmother parisha and science including heart math that they can see that when an inspiration a thought anything comes it first lights up in the heart and then goes to the head so we are always getting communication from the heart and it's it'll just be that awareness of okay who's talking so we can ask ourselves that in, mm. in any day as well. Mm. I'm not sure if people realise that there's more neurons going up from the heart to the head than there is from the head down to the body. So the heart is a powerful communicator to the brain of what's actually going on. And I think that journaling process I've found powerful too, Alloway, like um, when you start the process just by letting yourself free write in all the, just tune into all the negatives, even things that I logically don't even, don't even think I agree with or is me, but I just let whatever's in the body, whatever sort of unconscious like come through. And then there, I have also had times where there's just suddenly this beautiful voice that will talk to it and, and in that it almost heals it because there's just such love that can come through. But I've only ever found that when I've done the real free writing and just let all the negativity be what it is and not try and censor it. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have had that experience as well. So it's almost like the opposites are allowed to emerge um, when you drop deeply into it, in my experience anyway, with the journey. It's such a powerful tool. Grandmother Parish is always pretty much daily shares with us that journaling, journaling, journaling is a tool for transformation, doesn't she? Oh, Trina, yeah. Yeah, I had a quick comment too, um, kind of coming off of what you're saying. When you go inside like that and you get quiet like that and you really listen, you know, he's telling us that our own unique vibrations there and he's calling it our heart code and that it's completely uniquely us. But we don't give ourselves that, that opportunity in so many, you know, so many times in our lives, we've never really sat there to get in touch with what it is that our heart and soul are speaking to us. Um, we get too much into the head and try and figure things out that way, where if we really gave us ourselves that opportunity to figure out who we are and what lights us up versus what 
makes that clenched, you know, feeling in the center of our gut or makes us clench a fist or tension in our body. He's really given us a gift starting right off the bat with these really cool exercises where we can get in touch with ourselves and begin to understand um, what our heart's trying to tell us. And he also says in here that we are the only one who can do this. So if we're feeling out of balance and we're feeling disconnected and we're feeling anxious or whatever it is that we're feeling, we're the only one that can change that. And that's key. And using some of these tools in here, I think are going to be super beneficial to anyone who puts it into a 30 day process. As he said, I think you're going to see a benefit right away with something like this. Yeah. Yeah. His love for music is contagious, isn't it? Like as soon as you pick up the book, you really feel how he's used it to transform his life but it's also his just creative genius is allowed to come through through music it's almost like it's wonderful really to just be a part of his vibe um with music it also reminds me the power of vibration generally like being in nature and that um, nature really all the sounds of the birds and just really helps us um, go into the vi- a different vibration, like so different from being in the city where the sounds of traffic and <laughs> almost the sounds of people's grumpiness. <laughs> um, yeah, but nature is just different. <clears throat> and if we recognise ourselves as that vibration, we are the nature that we're looking at. We are the earth we're tuning into. We are the sky and just allow ourselves to be that we are um, and tune into it with our intention transforms this physical altar as grandmother calls it the instrument of ourselves we're nearly coming to time i don't know if anyone else has anything more you want to share a very quick one anyone who's out there who works with schools especially the younger children doing that um heart breath process is such a beautiful thing to do with well with anyone of course but i find the young ones are are really open to straight away fully embrace it without too much head getting in there. So it could be a thing that's done before class or if you're a yoga teacher, you can do it before class. There are so many types where you do this as a group. You can really um, help set the coherence of the group as well as each individual feeling in a great place. I can just imagine a whole group of little ones doing a big sigh all together and loving themselves as they do it. they would be rolling on the floor (laughs) they wouldn't just stand there inside I mean their whole body goes into it it's really (laughs) it's so fun to watch (laughs) yeah very good so it's time to conclude our studies and we thank you for sharing your time and energy with us you matter and count you always make a difference we look forward to you being with us next week as we make that leap to greater consciousness Have a powerful week and allow your light to shine and always all good things to you. OCO. Thank you for listening to Quantum Leap Book Club. For more information where you can contact us, go to LOARadioNetwork.com forward slash quantum hyphen leap. Have a great week.